Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to our Optusport podcast talking about the very fast approaching Women's World Cup 2019 to be held in France. We're going to be having a look at Group A and B teams today. I'm joined by Ashley Sykes and Catherine Canulli. Welcome, ladies. Looking forward to this Women's World Cup. It is exciting times for the game. First of all, we look at Group A, the teams, France, South Korea, Norway and Nigeria. Some big matchups there, but I'm keen to first hear from both of you. What will the headline be? I definitely think that France is going to uh, top the group and, and Norway is going to come in second. Um, France were looking so good in, in the lead-up games to, to the Women's World Cup and I can't wait to see them on the world stage in front of a home crowd. Yeah, I really hope they stamp their authority on the on the tournament right from the start. I'd probably expect them to get nine points from, from the group stage and I think probably the only one that will cause them a bit of trouble is Norway. They've come up against each other quite often in the past and I think their matchups have been pretty close. It's pretty important for France to be playing at home. Obviously, if they win this one, they will be. It'll be the first time a country has won both the women's and the men's World Cup. Coming off that success, playing at home, how important is that? What an opportunity for them at home. Uh, they've been getting great crowds in the in the French league, and I think it's going to be really exciting for them to be playing in front of those massive crowds. And you know, who knows? It could end up being a hindrance, a bit of a pressure of the nation on them, but. I don't expect them to falter at any stage. I was actually in Paris for uh, the, the men's Euros and I watched uh, France play at a live site and, and the place was just absolutely buzzing. So I, I can just imagine how excited the um, French public is is to have them on home soil. They're a successful team. They're playing a great brand of football and it's going to be exciting. But a lot of their players play locally in the French League. It's renowned as one of the best leagues in the world at the moment. How important is that, having that strong local league and a few players that have had a little bit of a look at that internationally? Yeah, um, look, their, their league is amazing to watch. Um, I jump online and, and watch a few of their games. Obviously, Lyon is one of the um, greatest teams in, in their league and they've got you know some great superstars and great footballers playing for their team and it's just fantastic even to see the way they look after their footballers you know you see them flying around in a private jet and they, they really get looked after and you can see why all the best players in the world want to actually play for that club. Yeah isn't it awesome to see. Um, the other thing to note I think is the French team have been in camp since the 8th of May apart from those that still have club duties. So, you know, they're at Clairefontaine, the famous academy. They've been together for a long time in the lead-up to the World Cup. I'm not sure how many other nations have that opportunity. And, you know, they get to play together week in, week out and against each other. And then they've got a great lead-in to the World Cup as well. And they'll have a bit of a point to prove, finishing fifth at the last World Cup. Yeah, of course they will. Um, You know, again, on home soil, they're going to want to be successful. But, yeah, finishing fifth at the last World Cup was probably not good enough for them, um, especially coming from, from a European um, country, you know. The Europeans, you know, they think they're the best, they, they want to be the best and they love absolutely love football and they want to be successful. 
Yeah, that's right. And I think the mantra they've been pushing out is to, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. They're, they're certainly not relaxing on anything. They want to they go out there and win the tournament, and they certainly will have to. There's the potential they run up against the US in the quarterfinals if they both top their groups, which is a high likelihood. Um, so that will be a great matchup earlier on in the tournament. There's quality all across the park. Plenty of players to keep your finger on. You know, watch the French team come out here and play Australia recently. Um, we've seen some of the games, as you said. Canals in the lead up to this, their results have been pretty good so far. Who are the players that you have your hand on that you want to watch? Yeah, look, I, I can't wait to watch Eugene Le Summer. Um, she's so creative. She scores some amazing goals. Obviously, I was a striker, but you know, but seeing her um, on the field, the way she moves, it's just so natural. And some of the goals that she scores are just absolutely unbelievable. She's fantastic, yeah. And personally, I can't wait to watch Amandine Henri, the French captain. She loves playing a beautiful style of football. Um, and she certainly goes out there to try and, and do that. And she's got a great range of pass, passing, really technical ability. Um, and she leads that team around the park. Not that they need much leading, you know, some superstars in there. But um, I can't wait to watch her in action. Well, I think we're all on the same page when we think that France will top this group. But as we said, there's some pretty good matchups coming along. The first one, or the biggest one, I think, or the defining one in this group will be against Norway. So let's have a look at them now. Norway ranked 13th. They won Group 3 of the UEFA qualification to progress to the World Cup. Where do you see their strengths? That's a good question. Um, they've got some really experienced play- players. Maren Melder is their captain, and she's been playing for them for 10 years. And some great firepower up front, uh, regardless of you know who they may or may not be missing in the tournament. I think the best thing about the Norwegian girls this year is, you know, coming into this World Cup, their competition now is actually getting stronger and stronger. We're actually seeing some of... Um, you know, a lot of footballers are actually opting to go and play over in Norway and their competition's actually getting stronger. And I think that does wonders for your national team, you know. To be able to have a strong league in your country um, goes to show that the, the game is progressing for them. They used to be the nation that you wanted to go to some 20 years ago. Like, they won a World Cup, they came second, I think, in 1991. So, as you follow that progression, they kind of went through a lull and now they're coming back. Are you surprised that Ballon d'Or winner Ada Hergeberg wasn't selected? Yeah, Ada, you know, that's disappointing for me to see such a fantastic footballer um, not going to be at the World Cup. For me, it's it's disappointing to see, but there's obviously uh, more issues there behind what's going on between her um, and and the national body, you know, which is really sad. And you'd think that they'd try and overcome it coming into this World Cup. She's just won the first Ballon d'Or, which is fantastic for our game. But to not have the Ballon d'Or winner at the Women's World Cup, which is the pinnacle of our sport, is actually going to be quite um, devastating. Yeah, it's disappointing. You, w- you want to watch the world's best players on the world stage, and, and she's it at the moment. And we're also missing her sister, Andreen, who plays for PSG, and I think they're two big, massive names that could make a difference for their squad if they were selected at this stage. Uh, they're not. So just quickly, how far can Norway go? I think they can uh, definitely go deep into the tournament and uh, tipping them to go at least to the quarterfinals. Yeah, I agree with Knowles. Yeah, quarterfinals seems to be probably... I mean, they could surprise us, but quarterfinals for me as well. Probably the two underdogs in this group, A, South Korea and Nigeria. Where do their aims sit at the World Cup? I think they'd be looking to upset a few uh, games. Um, They'd be looking to try and get that third-place spot uh, to qualify for the round of 16. Um, South Korea made it to round of 16 last year, and I'm sure they'd be aiming for that again. They play France in the first game. It was a pretty tough assignment straight up. 
Yeah, look, at least you're going to get the tough one out of the way first. I think that's the easiest way. You can sort of um, get that monkey off your back in the first game, then they can settle and then see where the group is at after that first game. You know, you can't underestimate teams like South Korea and Nigeria. They're going to be um, definitely going to be fighting to the end. And, you know, this World Cup can go in any way at the moment. The FIFA ranking comes in at 14 and a fair way further down the list is Nigeria ranked 38th. What do we know about them? Can they surprise us? Yeah, look, uh, the Nigerian squad is coached by Thomas Denneby, which is a former Swedish international um, coach, um, which is obviously coming in with, with a wealth of experience. Um, they're very lucky to have someone in Thomas that has so much experience in the women's game. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how he progresses throughout the tournament with with that group. He's got experience right to the top too, though, right? Taking Sweden to a bronze medal. So he knows what it takes to get right into that top four. Yeah, definitely. You know, being with um, with that team, you know, Nigerian footballers absolutely love the game. You can see how passionate they are about football and they're absolutely a delight to watch. Yeah, and they have a... We've been speaking about the importance of a strong league and I think uh, Nigeria probably don't quite fall into that category. They've got... Only eight of the 27 players in their most recent squad play locally. The rest play internationally, which is great. They've got so much experience playing against different footballers and different styles, which they can bring into an organised coach, probably like Denneby. Not a lot of time together, but it will be interesting to see how Group A pans out. We'll move across to Group B now, where we have... Well, this is a difficult one to pick, isn't it? We've got Germany, we've got China, we've got Spain, and we've got South Africa. Hash, how's this one going to end up? Well, it's difficult to pick, as you said. I think Germany are probably the favourites to go through top. They haven't lost a game since June 2018. And uh, of the other three, it's probably a bit of a mixed bag. Um, You know, China have been together a lot in the last 12 months as a squad. Spain has really stood out. And South Africa is probably a bit of a surprise package. This is their first World Cup and they they believe in anything. They they probably believe they can make it out of the group. Yeah, I definitely think that um, Germany is going to be the strong one that's going to top the group. Um, for me, Spain is is a dark horse in the competition. Um, their their league is also on the rise. You know, they just had sellout crowds. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Atletico Madrid is is one of the powerhouse names over there in the women's game. And the thing for me is seeing that so many of the Spanish girls actually play in Spain. They're, they're settled. Um, they're in a home environment. They're playing in in Champions League football. You know, it's just amazing to see the Spanish game grow, you know, especially off the back of the success of, of the men's Spanish team. Um, and I really, really think that, that Spain will come in um, second in the group. Bit of a surprise packet, second only to Germany, I would assume. We would all think would finish at the top of that group. Anything less than that would probably be perceived as a failure. They come in ranked number two in the world. I think uh, similar to what we touched on with Norway, their league is amazing. I think only... A few of the players that play for the national team are outside playing outside of the league. Everyone wants it's one of the leagues now you put on your list as I'd like to go play there and really develop as a player and I think that's shown through their strength and their history in the World Cup. It's always they've always performed well and I would expect, you know, nothing less this time around. Yeah, definitely. You know, they're their powerhouse uh, name in football and, and are definitely going to have some sort of success in, in the World Cup. So it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. Well, their worst finish at a World Cup has been eighth. So you would think that they, they should really 
make a clean sweep of this group. Yeah, and they're, they're on a good side of the draw as well. They steer clear of France and America probably until the final. I think England's the main threat on their side of the draw. So, you know, if they do well in the group and are solid there, I think they, you can see them probably, you know, potentially going all the way to the final. Who's the player to watch from Germany, Cannoli? Uh, I think it has to be Alexander Pop. You know, she's 28, she plays at Wolfsburg. She's had 95 caps and she's an amazing player to watch. And two previous World Cups in her sleeve as well, Ash. My, my player was also Alexander. Yeah, she's great to watch. And was it 56 goals? Something ridiculous in, in that number of caps for Germany. Um, brings great experience to that squad. Let's touch on China next. One of, um, well, I'd like to say re-emerging nations in the women's game, known for a long history at World Cups, but of late not probably achieved where they want to be. What's your thoughts on China? I think China um, obviously had a lot of success early on in, in the women's game, you know, growing up and, and watching the women's game, you know, the, the Chinese national team was so, you know, well known. Um, I think over the last 10 years, though, we've, we've had a lot of other teams now start to rise to the occasion and slowly, slowly they're starting to drop off with, with their powerhouse name. But we can't write them off so quickly, you know. The Chinese national team is still a, a super um, footballing team and, and they're going to be definitely hard to beat. Yeah, for sure. And they've got uh, Lee Ying, their number 10, scored seven goals in five games during qualifying. She's outstanding to watch, um, such a talented player. And that, as I mentioned before, they've also been in camp for a really long time. I think they were together a month after their, um, after their season league finish and they came to Australia and toured with a big group, played against a few W League teams. Um, but yeah, I think they're leading. They've got some big aspirations for this tournament and we'll, we'll see how they pan out for them. And they've got Wang Shuang obviously playing for Paris Saint-Germain over in France, so she'll feel right at home on those fields over there. Moving on to the other sides, we, we've touched on Spain. Tell me a little bit more about them and why you think they're going to be the surprise packet of this tournament. For me, it's uh, they were the first team European team to qualify, aside from France, um, who are the home nation. They qualified without dropping a point. They scored 25 goals and conceded two in those eight games. Um, I mean, that shows some great form. It's only, I think, their second time at the World Cup, so that might leave them a little bit short. But, I mean, as Noel's mentioned before, their league's outstanding and I think their player development's outstanding as well and it's starting to, to show dividends for the national team. I think all their players, you know, individually, they're all footballers. You know, they, you can see how much they love their game. I've been um, watching a lot of their games uh, recently and you can just see, like, the players of Jennifer Hermoso, which is an attacking midfielder, you know, she's such a, a beaut to watch, you know. she The way she moves the ball, the way she just, on the field, their awareness on the field and, and the way they keep the ball, you know, just such a Spanish-like uh, football. South Africa is the other side in this pool. We got a little taste of uh, a couple of South African players in our W League this year with Canberra United. Certainly a different style of play, um, and a different approach to the game. How do you see them going and, and where do you see their strengths and weaknesses? I think they're a pretty strong unit. Um, you see them singing and dancing as they're walking into training and, and, and into games. Um, the only issue is since they've qualified, they've not had a good record, uh, which can't be good for confidence. I mean, they've had a really tough recent game against the US where they lost 3-0, but you know, what a good hit out to see where you're at leading into a World Cup. Um, but they'll have the belief and the support of the nation. You know, you see how many followers they get online. Um, I think the team, you know, will feel that strength and, and they'll be dangerous uh, for this group, I think. 
Yeah, I think um, you know the South African players are, are going to obviously enjoy the moment of being in, in the World Cup. You know, I got a bit of an insight from Heather in regards to you know the players and what they brought to Canberra United. And I think if all their players and their culture and and the way they are as a unit, I think they're going to do um, very well at the, at the World Cup. But as Ashley um, mentioned before, you know. It's so important to be well prepared for the World Cup now. You know, every team now is going um, bigger and bigger in terms of their preparation and, and having teams, you know, being together for months before um, the tournament is so important. The team's nickname, the Banyana Banyana, their coach, Desiree Ellis, she was one of the founding players of the national team and was part of their team between 1993 and 2003. They've also paid, played in the past two Olympics. So they've got a fair bit of World Cup experience and a fair bit of Olympic experience, but they just can't seem to push through that next barrier. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely amazing to see that, you know, one of their former players is actually coaching them. Um, that'll be a, a dream come true to see that happen um, for the Matildas, you know. But uh, like you said, again, you know, if the preparation isn't there and you don't have the, the funding to get behind the team, it's going to be really hard these days to be competitive on the world stage. You know, you can see, you know, the, the Spains, the, the French, now us as the Australians, we're, we're starting to invest more and more in the women's game. And I think every team now needs to um, start putting into their female football team to be able to make, you know, finals and quarterfinals and get out of the group stages. Yeah, to remain competitive, you kind of have to up your investment and your commitment to that team just to keep up with players, uh, with other nations, let alone uh, uh, overcome them. But I think South Africa is really looking for, you know, a superstar player to stand up for them in this tournament. Um, we got to see Fifi and uh, Rhoda in, in the W League and some of the, the moments and the talent that they have. And I know they have a few other individuals in that team that can really stand out, and I think that's what they'll need in this World Cup to make a difference. How does this group finish? Who finishes first, who finishes second in Group B? I think it's uh, Germany first, Spain second. Yeah, I'd have to go the same. It's uh, Germany uh, clear out first and then um, Spain coming in second. We'll certainly have a clash of styles for that one. Let's look deeper into the tournament. I'm going to ask you to go right to the top. Have a little look through the looking glass and tell me who makes the final and who wins the World Cup. Uh, I think it's going to be a France and England final and France is going to come off the winners. I think a US-Germany final and England's going to be third again this time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's hard to go back. It's hard to go past the US for me. Their form's been brilliant uh, and I think they really have the squad to back up um, their aspirations. Well, girls, it's been wonderful to hear your input into Group A and Group B today. I thank you very much for your time. Group A kicks off on Saturday the 8th of June with that very first match of the Women's World Cup for 2019. It is France versus Korea Republic in Paris. And then Group B kicks off Saturday the 8th of June, also Germany versus China. And we are very, very much looking forward to both of those games. All 52 games, of course, can be seen on Optus Sport. And we are looking forward to bringing you every single minute. Join us then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.